All right, looks like we're up and running. So let's go ahead and get this started. Uh, Bud is uh, not with us tonight. It'll just be a solo episode of the Nullcast. You may see a couple of those slightly more frequently than you have in the past just because of our schedules and some obligations that we have. And, um, you know, there's some subjects that are better covered by myself and some better covered by Bud. Um, a lot of things better covered by Bud. So um, look forward to Bud returning. As always, we want to thank all the sponsors who make podcasts like these possible. Um, Legendary Home Loans uh, is one of the better sponsorships that anybody could have in podcasting. And uh, rare are examples better of that than a response from an audience like the one that we've had. So 844-FSU-LOAN, 844-FSU-LOAN. Great to see Shannon and uh, his wife Mia this weekend and can assure you Shannon Young is uh, is the person who you want to work with going through the mortgage process. And um, again, we'll just give those guys uh, consideration as more than 500 of our listeners have. So um, I've got a few things written down that I want to talk about tonight, but this can be a maybe a little bit more interactive than most of Nolcast prior. This also probably won't be one of our um, <laughs> one of our later um, you know longer going podcasts. So hey, um, pretty cool to kind of throw out a B plus performance out there and beat a team uh, sixty six to thirteen. It was great to uh, to see what you know a game day in Tallahassee looked like. And um, I know that the, I think the official number was that 71,000 tickets were dispersed or something like that, probably 65,000 through the door. And to get a crowd like that for a team like Southern Miss is, uh, is pretty fantastic and kind of where the fan base is right now. And also uh, it's kind of hilarious that somehow we collectively have gone like, you just totally skipped over the team then only you know won as many games as it did two years ago and are hypercritical um of so many different aspects and you know all of a sudden we evidently run everything through like is this are we going to win a national championship with uh whatever the the current setup or uh point of complaint might be um so let's start you know all sorts of people are um are going to start the conversation with Johnny Wilson just because he had a couple drops. I mean, that's kind of what we said the morning after podcast there. That is who Johnny is that in a way is how he's, you know, on your roster right now. Um, if you're going to have a game like that, certainly would prefer um, for it to come against Southern Miss than, you know, LSU, Clemson or, or Miami, perhaps. Um I just think, you know, the, maybe maybe this is a, a negative thing, but a, a, a strangely odd. Uh, Johnny has mental experience with flushing, not be able to catch the ball. I mean, I, I don't think that's something that's uh, going away on a guy too much. And Johnny is uh, is a guy who, again, if he wants to be like a first round pick or a top forty five pick, needs to greatly um, increase the percentage of balls that he catches, but. Yeah, I don't know that he has to increase it maybe quite as much to be a super impactful college player. And that's kind of what you have. And you're just going to have to live with the, you know, some of the the bumpy rocks, uh, the bumps in the road, so to say. Um, I'm just going to stay away from metaphors in general. And, 
I think you understand that, that you're going to have that with Wilson. Uh, and at the same time, like just as, as uh, our commenter Cade there said, like do span. I, I told you all a couple months ago, I still kind of do a double take whenever I see that kid at practice. Cause that is what an NFL wide receiver looks like. Um, and that is a kid that is getting much more accustomed to and, and comfortable with a position and is making plays. Uh, Darian Williamson is almost like a, uh, maybe like an unknown piece of dynamite to this fan base. I mean, Darian Williamson has just been written off kind of because injury and injury history, but that's another long, tall, uh, potentially elite wide receiver prospect. And if that's uh, what you're going to continue to see from him as he comes online and then uh, Winston Wright, man, I, um, I, I, there were times where I wasn't sure he was going to be able to, uh, uh, one, I mean, look, we're not going to make too much out of a moment on a kick return, but he was also very good in the LSU game. And that's, I can't, I mean, y'all know, uh, but I, I can't undersell how hard that kid's had to work to come back to recover from that, uh, that horrible injury that, you know, was, was no fault of his own. So, um, great to see some of the comments in the chat here. Fantastic that, some of our listeners received their Battles End membership cards today. Certainly uh, happy and appreciate you guys joining that and uh, know the the impact that that makes on uh, on Mike Norvell's ability to climb and uh, as this program's uh, ability to be competitive. So really appreciate that. Uh, Winston Wright, just happy and thrilled for the guy. And uh, I know he didn't take it to the house or whatever, but just to see some of the stop start in that and him be able to accelerate like that is, uh, you know, I don't know if he's a hundred percent back. Maybe he, um, is you know, 95% back. And that was really good to see. So I think the wide receivers in general, yes, Johnny's dropped a couple balls, but you gotta be really happy with where the wide receivers are. Uh, Van Darius Jacobs comes on and is getting some nice play. And, uh, I know the stat sheet might be limited, but like internally, I don't think you could be any happier with where Hakeem Williams is right now. He is the light sure looks like it's come on. And I hate to even use that phrase because it sounds like, you know, he maybe wasn't working hard or something. No, BS dude. He's just, it, these kids are from, from high schools where maybe there's not a fully developed route tree. Maybe there's, you know, uh, some really great coaching in some aspects. And, and I'm not saying anything about, uh, Hakeem's coaches. I'm just saying these kids don't show up as finished products and they've got to adjust to the speed. They've got to adjust to the demands on their time. Um, and if this is how quickly Hakeem Williams is scaling up, then holy, like the ceiling is, uh, that's going to be a fun ride to watch. But guy is, uh, you know, got a nice little catch there early in the game. And I know um, so many people watch that that Rodney Hill run uh, in the LSU game where he ultimately finishes it so strong and runs through uh, a gentleman that was so hype in pregame. Um, but, you know, you go back and watch that and more and more what you start to look at is that number eight is downfield, just bodying people. And he did that. Uh, he did that an awful lot against Southern Miss as well. So Hakeem Williams, uh, I think you can be really, really thrilled as to the trajectory as to where that young man is and, and credit to the, offensive coaching staff for the job that they've done at wide receiver. Cause there's an awful lot of pieces there to be 
really, really excited and uh, and optimistic about. Want to thank our friends at Prize Picks. Um, I know that this is more like Bud's area of expertise, but I can tell you just from last year when I did Prize Picks, I thought kind of weeks three through five were some of the best opportunity to to really uh, have a lot of fun with it, to expand your knowledge of the broader college football scene. And also you don't have quite as good data points. You know, people will overestimate uh, and over, I guess, over fluctuate from week to week. And at the same time, you can start to get an idea as to where there's some real issues. And we always talk about correlating, uh, you know, picks here. Uh, you can, you can try to find an offense where maybe you feel real comfortable about, about a quarterback and a wide receiver or something like that. Um, I'll be interested to see Bud's opinion once he gets back on this, but um, can assure you there's some there's some West Coast teams in particular uh, that I think I've started to get a better feel for just from looking at the first two weeks and we'll be very uh, reflective of that in any prize picks cards that we put out coming out. But again, uh, prizepicks.com, coupon code NOLCAST, uh, get a $100 back on your initial deposit, and it is uh, nothing but a enjoyment multiplier, at least for me, for college football, and helps to uh, have a broader idea as to kind of what's out there in the college football landscape. Um, yeah, so Colin writes that he loved uh, Jerrion's pick six. Uh, no, man, I, I've mentioned that before. I don't know that there's a kid that I've been as incorrect on in quite a while as uh, the young gentleman from Mississippi. Uh, great dude. Great asset for the program. Mike Myrick, as are you, the most dedicated YouTube commenter I've ever seen out there. Great to hear from you, my man, and I appreciate you joining us. Um, Jerry's a, a good dude, great program, a guy, great locker room guy, and my understanding uh, is like one of those guys that if you have a, um, you know, a recruit that you want to have a, a positive impact on, it's not uncommon for for uh, Mr. Jones to get picked with him. And it was great to see him have uh, the night that he did and great to see him get that pick six. Um, to circle back to the offense, a wide receiver play, uh, we've talked about running back. Um, I think you can just be really, really confident about what you have there. And it was great to see Kaiser um, Holmes have the run that he does. That is a guy. I mean, look, they're deep. Uh, CJ Campbell's a really solid running back as well. And we know what Toll Philly and and um, ultimately, uh, I think the expectations internally are that Rodney Hills can be really, really good. And you know, number uh, this dude named Trey Benson ain't uh, ain't all that bad either. So the running back room is really, really impressive. And I think something. That will be interesting to see how they manage that because there's so many different guys that are kind of multi-talented. Uh, you're going to have to get snaps too. And at the same time, uh, this offense is so dynamic. I just don't know. Um, it, it's just going to be fun to watch how they do that, how they handle it and the roles that these guys play. Um, but I will give the position coach there, uh, Coach Yak, a lot of credit. That's a room that works really hard, works hard and, uh, you know, by all accounts, wants what's best for each other. And there's a there's a great culture all around the program. But uh, Coach Yak has built up a, a really impressive room. And I think that's reflective with how complimentary Trey Benson is of uh, of some of the other running backs out there uh, to get to quarterback real quickly. Um, 
you know, it'd be interesting to see what some of the ramifications of some of the playing time that was had there uh, by some of the younger people on the roster. But it was good to see Duffy, Rodemaker, and Brock Glenn get in. Um, Jordan Travis continues to be Jordan Travis, uh, obviously victimized by some um, <laughs> break the rock prediction. Yeah, we can we can work that in. That's a good good suggestion. Um, you know, victimized by some drops was Jordan Travis. I still don't think we've just seen like like the Jordan Travis that I saw at a couple practices where the ball just doesn't really hit the ground. And um, I mean, that's a that's a good thing. That's that's a guy who, uh, you know, if he goes up in the game where it clicks, so to say, is the game in <laughs> in the upstate of South Carolina. Uh, Jordan will be as hot a commodity national. Lee is, is probably anybody out there. And it's uh, nothing but compliments when I say that I think you've just kind of seen a B, you know, a B grade performance from Jordan so far. Um, the the top end is there. The top end is going to be hit. Uh, and when it is, I, I'm legitimately fascinated to see what this offense looks like. Uh, want to thank the great people at Congruity. Uh, we've been fortunate to work with Congruity for four years talked with a couple different people about them this week, just as to uh, what our experience has been like. And it's the same thing that I say on this podcast all the time. It's a white glove uh, level of service from Matt Lewis and his team. Can't recommend Matt highly enough. Congruityhr.com is the website. And uh, again, I've worked with him on multiple different projects and can assure you that whenever I get the chance to work with Matt and his team, uh, I jump at it and have, done so very recently. Um, so I just wanted to talk kind of openly, real, um, I guess from a broader level and just, a, I don't know if it's a suggestion, but okay, so let's say Florida State goes and beats Clemson and continues to rattle off wins that kind of we, it looks like it, how it's going to play out. Um, you can all be fans and we're all going to be fans and everybody, you know, has their fandom expressed differently and how they want to go about it. It's certainly not for me to tell anybody uh, how, <laughs> how to be a Florida state football fan, but I'm a little bit hesitant. Like, are we going to micro analyze every aspect of every game and bemoan that that might not be national championship level? I don't know that we're quite there yet as a program, uh, I would, and again, you guys can experience this year, however you may see fit, but that would seem a little bit premature to me. I, and if that's how you want to do it and you can still look at me in the eye and say like, yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying this season. Of course I am. Uh, then that's great. But like, let's, let's just remember, let's, let's just go back and randomly listen to a Nolcast or on the bench or Jeff Cameron show from 2019 and remember what, where we were not all that long ago or 2020 um, where you got your head coach in his living room, watching Miami just, you know, pummel you. Uh, it's a climb and this climb has accelerated dramatically. I would enjoy it. You know, if, if you don't think our like, second team linebacker is reflective of a national championship team. Uh, I get it, but like, that's a hell of a prism to run every experience through 
for a program that's not all that far off some of the darkest days it's ever ever gone through. So that's all that I'm trying to say. I personally uh, am going to try to absorb as much as this I can. I, in the heart of my hearts, wasn't sure three years ago that Florida State was ever going to do this again. I know we said this jokingly, um, but when Bud and I left our seats in the first half of the Louisville game, I, I there's no hyperbole. I'm not playing radio or anything else here. I legitimately thought about transitioning the Nolcast to a barbecue podcast. I, I wasn't sure if there was anything but five or six wins on the horizon for a while. I was very, very wrong, and thank God I was. Um, but that's that's not all that far off, y'all. That's not all that far off. Um, let's let's just enjoy what's happened, the job that Mike Norvell and his staff have done, uh, the ability that they've had to evaluate in the modern era of college athletics, and I'm referencing uh, partially NIL here. These guys have done an exceptional job of finding people that fit within their culture in their locker room and bringing them in and bringing them in in a, I don't know, you know, I don't want to say seamless because that's like reflective that I think I know everything that's going on. I don't, but man, I hear horror stories every day uh, about guys who've signed an NIL deal and don't want to practice because of XYZ reason or whatever. I mean, that's not what you have going on here. This is a, uh, this is a, special time and a fun climb and i would choose to enjoy it if you can and if you don't think that you know our punter is good enough or, or and i'm just throwing out random positions or you know the way that we <laughs> the way that we do kickoff coverage or whatever it is i get it and i understand it but that's going to be a tough season if you're winning every game and uh you know, we're all finding three things about the team that uh, that's you know disappointing to us because we might think Georgia does it better. So at the same time, if you want to look at this team and if you want to look at this season as uh, what might have to happen to occur or what might have to play out for you to win a national championship, and I know Bud mentioned this in the last podcast, we'll have to see what Alabama does for the rest of the year. But that's a team, uh, just as Florida State matched up real well against LSU, uh, it's not a team the Florida State would match up very well against. And if LSU or if uh, Bama is already kind of, you know, off the uh, the board there, then that's that's an interesting development. So we'll see. We'll see how the quarterback responds. Um, William McMillan says, beat Miami or be fired. I understand. Exactly. That is where we are. I know you're being sarcastic, and I can appreciate a fantastic sarcastic comment like that. Um Nick asked any news with the game regarding the hurricane. Yeah, certainly the question du jour. Uh, I will tell you that I have kind of paused my own personal plans to Boston because if the hurricane does what it looks like it's going to do, I don't think there's any chance of football games played, but I have nothing to do with any of that. And, you know, hurricanes rarely on, uh, you know, Tuesday do they necessarily go uh, to the same place projected on Saturday. Uh, but there are, a disproportionate amount of really, and I'm not saying this sarcastically, I'm being serious, like really smart weather people <laughs> in this audience. Uh, I'm talking from a macro perspective from the, the Florida State fan base in general and always incur or always enjoy some of um, 
you know, some of the insight that uh, that you can find either on social media or message boards or whatever about storm paths and other things. And again, I'm not being sarcastic. Uh, that is uh, this fan base, I guess, because of where it is and the experiences that uh, some people have gone through growing up are very well versed when it comes to weather uh, and tracking storms. So, um, interesting work that they've done around the stadium, and the stadium certainly uh, is going to be the site of a lot of work done. If you've looked at some of the renovations that are um, set to take place, particularly on the west side of the end zone uh, here, starting, I believe, immediately after the last home game this year. Doak is going to be a you know working uh, site for quite a while, but... Um, Hey, the LED lights. I don't know uh, if they showed the uh, clip on TV, but I thought the national anthem was really, really cool how they did that. Uh, I don't know. Like, I know a decent amount about LED lights. That's a, an industry that I worked in for a long period of time. Um, I don't know anything about Florida State system, really. Uh, I don't think that was the um, – I don't think that was the final – product there. I think that was really just kind of a 1.0 beta test. Certainly some of the some of the things that uh other schools do with touchdowns and stuff like that, I thought was was just kind of a a small kind of walkthrough. Uh for those that are watching uh the the show tonight on YouTube, um what is that Anton Baum said like the LED lights need to be brighter at least on TV. I agree with that, and I'm not dismissing that at all. I would be really interested to see, and Christian uh, Surio says the same thing um, as well. Christian's a longtime great listener of ours and supporter, and great to hear from you tonight. Um, okay, so the all garnet uniforms, and I'm not, this is not crazy talk. They almost like absorb light. They really do. And if you go and look at, um, like how dark the jerseys get professional, like particularly when you look at like the offensive line is like, go look at Meech's uniform uh, and look how dark that is. I will be interested to see what the, um, that like that color it does absorb light uh, from a, like a TV perspective and other things. I would be interested to see what it looks like with the traditional home uniforms. I also think that um, some of that has to do with the lights and I agree, perhaps they could be brighter I also think that there's just a very kind of unique look that is generated when you're filming at Doak because we don't have a two-tiered stadium. And that creates uh, shots frequently that are from further away. And I don't know that you have – that does kind of change the way that some things look. Um, but, you know, the the lights are interesting. I Like I said, I don't think that's like the final iteration of them uh, per se. It'll be curious to see what it looks like in October as, um, you know, absent something crazy happening where Florida State all of a sudden, um, Florida State all of a sudden hosts BC or something like that. Uh, they've got a couple weeks to continue to work on this system. And, you know, this system was only installed, I think, like three or four weeks ago or so. So um, there were some rumors that I had heard that they might not even you know, pivot to the LED option until uh, after this stretch and by week. So uh, perhaps they're a little bit ahead of schedule there, and I will be interested to see um, 
how that goes. I was encouraged to hear a lot of people say good things about the ticketing that uh, they were able to get in the stadium uh, in a manner that was much faster than had occurred previously. There were a couple of bottlenecks at the Florida game last year, uh, if you were there, which was, uh, you know, as a, as a European soccer fan, there's been some horrible things that have happened like that when people can't get through an area. Um, I, by no means did I go to every gate or something like that, but it did look like the ticketing uh, was working much better and that people were able to get in um, and, you know, have no issue like that. So that was that was uh, good to see and a, a step forward. Um, yeah, the, the lights after the TDs, I mean, I know that, you know, you either enjoy that or not, and I get it. Um, it is kind of becoming reflective of what's going on a lot, uh, all over the, <laughs> the sporting world and particularly college football as well. Um, I do think that there'll be, you know, that there's more wrinkles to that and it's not just, um, you know, not just that the lights kind of go off and that there's a, you know, single spotlight in the, uh, in the end zone there. Uh, Marcus Aurelius says cell phone service was vast, vastly improved as well. I, uh, yeah, I didn't notice any difference in cell phone service, um, per se. So I, I wonder if, um, you know, maybe there's been some, some improvements there and I just wasn't on the right side of the stadium or something like that. Um, so, yeah, if you guys have any questions, I'll certainly open it up to that and we can um, we can you know try to be interactive here for a little bit. Do want to thank our friends at Madison Social. Great to see uh, just as many people that go in that place on game day. Uh, it's really it's remarkable. Uh, Matt and his team do an incredible job and it's <laughs> it's just fun to walk by that place on game day and see what a hub it is. And for a lot of people, it's you know, it is their uh, their their tailgating uh, situation. And it was so hot on Saturday. I was jealous of people who found a place in Madison Social and could sit there for a couple hours uh, prior to the game. Always want to remind you of Charlie Park, Tallahassee's premier rooftop bar. Uh, great for us to be able to pair with them. Would highly recommend going by there, uh, particularly on a Friday night if you get in town. Uh, great place right there in the... Um, should have been should have installed tack lights. Yes, Christopher Townsend, a, a loyal ACC network watcher, obviously. But no, Charlie Park, great place to go in Friday night, uh, have a cocktail or two, and uh, really enjoy one of Tallahassee's unique venues. Um, so fire away with any questions. Uh, I'll do my best to answer them. If you want to ask about the Battles in, I don't want to make this a you know unique uh, or or Battles in exclusive by any means, but I'll try my best to answer whatever questions uh, I can. Rabbi Gaines asked, do you think the tight end usage has been less than expected? Um, no, I mean, I, I've, I've been impressed how they've done that. Uh, like I think bell is a guy that you've got to get a certain amount of touches and opportunities to, uh, to keep, you know, to get that best version of himself. Um, he's had a couple drops, but you know, Jaheim is super unique. I also don't think, that you've showed um, a lot of what's still there. I mean, I think you've got a lot of stuff that you can do with these three guys and to see uh, Biscuit or, or Marquise and Douglas make a play like that. And you get to see the like just ridiculous amounts of athleticism on a guy that size. Um, that's, that's a special room as well. I mean, I know this just sounds like me just running around talking about how great every room looks, but um 
Morlock's your legitimate number two. Uh, I've been impressed by how he's looked, and I think that's uh, only going to continue to grow. I mean, Morlock is a Morlock's a, a special player that they think they really hit on there, and I'm excited to see what he looks like as he continues to progress uh pc or mac yeah i've got a got a pc as far as my you know working computers um uh so big daddy oh, this is an interesting question so as seeing how the sausage is made as uh well head of the best club now uh, let's just i appreciate that uh okay so how seeing how the sausage is made as part of a collective hampered or changed how you view cfb as a fan Always curious about that. Um, no, not really. I mean, that was one of my biggest concerns uh, starting in this, just to be honest with you, about getting involved in in the NIL side of things. Um, I mean, I can tell you I was still a unhinged lunatic for the first half of the LSU game and at other points during that game. I mean, I just am still a kind of probably an overly passionate uh, person for where I am in life, but... Um, no, it really hasn't. And I, I think part of that's just because, like, it's not like in this particular instance, there's some horrible layer to this onion that I've been, <laughs> you know, scarred to see or anything else like that. It's a legitimate, uh, great operation at Florida State right now. And the way that the uh, athletic director and everybody on down um, has, you know, uh, this is an overly, overly used cliche, but there's a ton of alignment and there's a ton of shared vision and i think there's a lot of people at florida state that um you know realize that uh this is a this is a unique opportunity and um you know at the battles in hopefully we've played a a role in in maximizing that opportunity and we'll continue to maximize that opportunity but as far as the fandom it hasn't really changed things at, at all um also i don't know that like i think nil is very interesting i also like yeah, I don't know that there's necessarily like this vast shady underbelly that people seem to think there is at times. I think it's done a lot of stuff um, to bring things above board. And um, I'm, I'm can assure you, I'm just as rabid a fan as I was uh, a year ago. So I appreciate the question. Uh, the SEC is a one bid league for the college football playoff. Uh, potentially, uh, yeah, potentially. I mean, it depends on how the SEC West continues to look and, you know, if Bama has some strong rebound, um, I think that would almost be deleterious to their, their cause. I, I think you almost, yeah, I, and people may roll their eyes at this. I think you almost need Ole Miss to like win the West and then lose to Georgia. Uh, I don't know if either Bama or LSU could lose the, you know, lose that SEC championship game and get into the playoffs uh, dependent upon, you know, what Florida state or Texas did. But at the same time, if those, you know, if those teams were to lose, um, it, it kind of makes that loss you know, all the more challenging. So, yeah, no, I do think that absent um, Ole Miss having a special season there, Dan, or excuse me, Don, I apologize, Don, uh, that the, you're probably right that the SEC at this point is more likely than not a um, a one-team league uh, or a one-team playoff bid. 
Uh, Leon Sandcastle asks, are NIL, NIL deals for four years or on a one-to-one or on a year-to-year basis? Um, yeah, I, I, I think that varies. I mean, I don't want to speak. I don't know what everybody's deals are. Uh, multi-year deals are, are fairly rare, although they do exist. Um, for the most part, my experience has seen, um, you know, the, the things are year to year, although there are multi-year deals, uh, out there. I think it's just dependent upon, uh, you know, if you've got a, an entity that you think, uh, you can really build a relationship with over a, a couple of years. So, uh, Ingram, what are the chances we get a Penn state FSU national championship game? And would it be wise to lay money on that? I would redirect that question to Bud when he rejoins us. Um, it is, yeah, I, I'm, uh, I don't want to be too much like national narrative guy on this podcast, but uh, I will be fascinated to watch Ohio State and get a better idea of them. They are one of the teams that I think that we don't have like a true reading on. Um, I will tell you that the, that running back number 32 is one of my favorite players uh, in college football, and I would get the ball to him as much as I could if I was them, uh, Henderson. But um, still trying to figure out exactly uh, what Ohio State is, and I would need to know what Ohio State is before I really felt comfortable uh, talking more about how the Big Ten is going to play out. Uh, Glenn asked, do you think coach is limiting the playbook against Southern Miss and BC to keep game film from Clemson? Uh, yeah, certainly. I mean, and also at the same time, I think you do like, I don't think you tried that onside kick cause you're worried about Southern Miss. I think you do stuff like that to put it on tape and make other people adjust to it. Um, so it's not, you know, not everything's a, a hidden thing. I think you also do stuff particularly early in the year so that every person that you play against for the rest of the year has to spend 10 or 15 minutes uh going over uh you know something that that is a you know something in special teams that is a decent amount of uh of time and, and commitment and i imagine you know that's you know i mean look i'm not tipping any i haven't seen them do any special team stuff but i'm, I'm sure they have other onside kicks or short squib kicks or other stuff like that that you know they have in their arsenal at some point so florida state's always spent a lot of team, a lot of time on special teams. And um, just to my point, I think sometimes you do things early just to make everybody else, you know, spend time on it. Michael Wall says, let's see your TBE tattoo. I don't have one of those at this time. Um, I, I doubt I would uh, get that as I have gone tattooless otherwise in my life. Um, Paul Hallen asks, um, Okay, so Paul Allen asks, are contracts incentive-based? No, there should be no NIL contracts that are incentive-based because that is pay-to-play, and that's not what uh, that's not how you go about going through NIL. So you'll never, yeah, you'll never see a contract that has like, oh, if this guy catches X amount of touchdowns, et cetera, et cetera. You can't, you can't do that. Uh, we would never write a contract like that. That is specifically pay-to-play and not um, performance. Yeah, what happens if a player overperforms, underperforms, whatever? Uh, you know, you you make a commitment um, in a contract, and you honor the contract, and that's how that works. Um, yeah, Eric asked a similar question about how, like, my transition from fan to being involved in NIL has gone. Uh, it's it's been nothing but uh, experience multiplier for me, and I've been really fortunate. 
to go. I, I appreciate all y'all's kind words in the comments. Uh, thank you very much, um, Chris. Thank you as well. Um, yeah, Christian says, uh, amazing how great the AD and president relationship has been considering the president uh, didn't want to hire that AD. Yeah, no, that's a great point. I mean, um, you know, the president, I believe, uh, you know, I, there was certainly Florida State, when you go back and look at what happened with the Louisville um, guy that was hired and then, you know, tried to negotiate with Louisville, that was a strange circumstance. And sometimes things just happen like that where things work out. Uh, Michael Alford's obviously been a, a very large success. And, you know, like the Braves wanted to draft Todd Van Poppel and uh, ended up with Chipper Jones. So <laughs> that's not, I'm not trying to make a, a direct correlation there, but, you know, sometimes things work out in life and that's a very old baseball reference, but uh, that's true. And Chipper Jones ended up being one of the better uh, switch hitting players of all time. Uh, where is Bud? Bud, I believe, is uh, doing things with uh, his lovely wife and family tonight. So I uh, was happy to do a solo podcast as they had a couple things on their schedule. Um, Eric says uh, just another comment about the playoffs. Yeah, Florida State, Texas, Michigan go undefeated. Uh, yeah, if Florida State, Texas, and, and any of those Big Ten teams go undefeated, then there's certainly only but one bid uh, for an SEC school this year. Um, do you think the a different Eric asked, do you think the ACC would be excited about a potential FSU championship run since FSU seems to be all but gone from the conference? Oh, yeah. I mean, they certainly would be. It, it would be better than not. And yes, it does seem like Florida State's, you know, long-term future is out of the conference, but you never know how things are going to go. I mean, there could be something that crazy happens two weeks from now that sees Notre Dame have to join the conference. Or I mean, I don't think that's going to occur, but there could be something that could happen like that. And, uh, you know, the ACC, it would, it would be behoove them uh, to have a team go through a run that looks like Florida State might be able to go through. And not to mention, you know, getting part of that playoff pie is a, is a pretty significant uh, add on from a from a financial perspective uh, as well. Let's see here. I would definitely use do span more with reverse runs and option to pass. Yeah, I mean, and that's another thing. You put that on tape in game one, and Deuce is just a different level athlete, man. I mean, he's a he's a guy that uh, we heard about um, from some people in the Big Ten that their opinion of him was that if he fully wanted to focus on being a wide receiver. He had the potential to be a first-round pick. Now, you know, we'll see if that comes to fruition, but that is reflective on just the raw athlete there. And you get to see it in some of these plays, you know, particularly some of these new, um, new, excuse me, some of these longer developing, you know, run plays, whether it be reverse or, uh, you know, a, a screen play like uh, against LSU where the guy runs, you know, probably 60 yards before he throws a pass. Uh, Deuce, is, Deuce is just different. And uh, he appears to be, you know, scaling up and, and starting to grow at a rate that maybe could make uh, some of those lofty projections more likely. Uh, do want to thank our friends at Homefield. Homefield is a um, – line of collegiate athletic apparel uh, that specializes in vintage apparel. They released a new 
Florida State line of product about two weeks ago, and I would encourage all of you guys to go look at it. Uh, fantastic stuff highlighted by a bomber jacket. Again, you can go to homefieldapparel.com, click on the Teams tab. Florida State will drop down, take a look at the stuff they have. I think there are a couple shirts that if you haven't gone there, you'll, rec- you'll recognize just from the general response of the fan base that yellow Osceola and Renegade shirt is appears to be one of the more popular shirts out there, and I see it more and more uh, when I'm in games. Jay Green, uh, great to see you, my man. Always appreciate you uh, contributing to the show, and I know it won't be long before our paths uh, cross again. Uh, let's see. <laughs> uh, Keith says, talk is... Clemson is suddenly has been. They still have talent. The game is at their place, and I'm not ready to kick dirt on their graves yet. No, man, absolutely. Um, Clemson is really talented. Clemson has, you know, had uh, weeks to to know that they've kind of got to have this game. Uh, you're going to get whatever Clemson is, whatever peak Clemson is this year. I'm fully confident you're going to get it uh, next weekend. So I would not. Um, write them off by by any means. I mean, you're going to get a, a, a cornered animal. Um, and Dabo, like, I don't I don't feel like their whole program is riding on this or anything, but this does feel like a potentially a defining moment uh, for, for both teams. Uh, so I, I think, you know, Clemson is, has never been like a, a recruiting monster from an overall perspective. Now, certainly they've had, you know, pipelines and position groups and, at one point had a had a literally what appeared to be a production line of just six foot four monsters at wide receiver. Um uh, maybe a um you know <laughs> overly wordy way of saying that recruit you know they've they've still out recruited you over the past three or four years. They've got unique special talent. Um it doesn't it appears as though there might be a, a little bit of a consistency issue with some of that um that talent, but no, I mean, you're going to get like, you know, like look, look the way Alabama always, or look the way Texas A&M always plays Alabama. That That's like a program that that's a team that can lock in, be fully focused and you get their best performance from. And I guess that's what I'm saying. Uh, what I think you're going to get from Clemson next week. So uh, noon game, noon game suck as our great friend, Matt Thompson uh, says, and, and has a lovely hat. Uh, that's reflective of the expression. That's really disappointing. I mean, I'm I'm going to the game, and I realize that for some, uh, noon games is great. I just that's that's a that's a toughie. And you know, I knew it was um, I knew it was great to see, or, or for some, it was great to see um, Clemson lose to Duke on Monday night uh, last Monday or uh, two weeks, two Mondays ago, whenever it was. But that didn't really do you any favors. You know, if you you are the team that you think you are, you would want this to be a, you know, what would that have been, like a three-versus-six matchup or something like that at this point? Um, like, conference realignment doesn't fluctuate on a week-by-week basis, but that doesn't do you any favors to have one of the biggest brands in the conference lose in week one. Again, I, don't, I think that's water under the bridge. I think, you know, what will happen uh, will happen at this point in that. But that's not, you know, other things could have played out. Uh, but game was played. Clemson lost. You play at noon now. That's disappointing. But uh, 
you know, maybe you go in there and Clemson can be a, uh, a very special environment at times. And I'm sure that even at noon, they'll be ready, but you know, comparing a noon game and an eight game, 8 PM kick are two totally different things. And so, you know, maybe from that perspective, it's a, it's a good thing for Florida state. So, um, yeah, a couple other questions from, from a TV perspective, I'd rather just pass on. I think there's a lot of assumptions there. Um, that just aren't true and probably better for me to not, not jump into. Um, so I think that's, uh, I think that's everything that I have for tonight. I don't see anything else, uh, on the, on the list here ended up doing 45 minutes. So, um, appreciate all of you who joined live, uh, thoroughly enjoyed trying to get to, uh, as many questions as I, could and uh really some great questions at that so as always want to thank our patreon supporters as well uh for what they do and and the uh extra support that they provide the nolcast but uh we'll have bud back i think we're probably recording tomorrow night or thursday night um and we'll have a preview out for the bc game assuming it is uh going to occur um oscar that's a good question if you want to dm me uh, about the European soccer question uh, on any form of social media. I'd love to engage with you on that. So uh, thanks again for watching. Uh, thanks for the support that you guys have given our sponsors over the years. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Bud will be back uh, in the next 24 to 48 hours, and we'll have another Knoll cast out for you then. Until then, thanks. Go Knolls. Talk soon. <laughs>